It's the 60 Go Podcast as we do our 2023 review for the Parramatta Eels. And in with me is the biggest Parramatta fan I know, Damien Seabolt. Seabs, how are you? I am good, mate. Now, Parramatta dug themselves a hole way too early, way too quickly. They did. Um, you know, there was the, the hangover from the 2022 grand final where they'd been on that run. Um, I don't think anyone expected them to, to go close to a GF. And, you know, momentum's a big thing and... Winning's contagious and so is losing. So, you know, Parra were, were on a roll, made the GF, got hammered by Penrith. And then all of a sudden they've started the year and they had a couple of tough losses. And and then you look at the draw that they had coming up and before you know it, they were, I think they were one from six or one from five. And and you just can't dig yourself out of that hole. Even though during the year they went on a run and they, they won games, then all of a sudden Dylan Brown gets suspended. Mike Sebo gets suspended. Regan Campbell-Gillard gets injured and suspended. So, you know, they had three or four of their best players unavailable at different times. And it was a shame because it was a, it was an elite Mitchell Moses year. And it's, it's frustrating to, to see him play at the level he played at last year and, and for Parra not to be able to capitalise on that. But again, I think Moses is at, is at that stage of his career where that's the norm for him now. It's been you know, two to three really good seasons of, of elite footy. So, you know, there's certainly light at the end of the tunnel, but they can't start the way they did. It was a bit of a perfect storm for Para. Everything went wrong when it couldn't. Uh, not only to mention those injuries and suspensions, but they lost two guys um, from the grand final team the year before, Papali'i and Reid Marnie. Who both went on to play nowhere near as good a footy, which yep. is frustrating. Yeah, absolutely. And not only that, they bring a guy like Josh Hodgson, who was pretty much yeah. a, a shot duck from the get-go. Yeah, he struggled, didn't he? I think, you know, at the time, I wasn't too disappointed. I thought, well, it's it's worth a crack. I know there's a couple of really good young hookers at Para um, in the lower grades, so in that under-19s, um, under-17 space. And um, my, my thought process was, okay, they're bringing in Hodgson, They've signed him for a couple of years. They'll use him as a mentor to these younger blokes and, and bring them through. And, you know, it'll offset that loss of Hodgson. Sorry, not Hodgson, of um, Reed Marnie. Well, Hodgson was terrible. Then he got injured. Then he retired. And not only that, they, they, start, they started the year without Sean Lane. That's correct? Sean Lane only played about eight games all yep. season. Yeah, they did. And, and, and Ryan Madison as well. And Sean Lane, people got to remember that only 12 months ago, he was being talked about as potential Australian squad for the Kangaroo Tour, the well, World Cup. Well, I think if you went and asked at that time, 100 rugby league fans, I, I would have thought 90 of them would have said Sean Lane was hard done by not making that, that Kangaroo squad. Yeah, so he was on fire at the back end of 2022. And Papali'i was the best second rower in the comp. Yeah. So they lost those two guys. Then, you know, they lost their, their lock in, in Madison for the start of the year. Um. And they had a really tough run. I think they had Penrith, Storm, Manly, all in that first three or four rounds. So Penrith and Storm especially. And we've got to remember that at the start of the year, Manly were, were red hot. They'd come off the back of winning that preseason challenge and, and they started the year fast. So Paracop them at the worst possible time as well. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk about a couple of positives for Parramatta. Um, uh, you mentioned Mitch Moses there. He was fantastic. Uh, Dylan Brown was really good when he played. He just yeah. he got spent for that long time. So hopefully he can get a full year again in 2024 because in 2022 he was superb. 
And I remember talking to Sterlo at the start of 2022. He and Sterlo really emphasised from his, his perspective that he was going to be the difference to whether or not Para had any sort of success yeah. in the finals or not. So Dylan Brown had a great year in 2022, and he was unbelievable. He tore Australia apart in the world and uh, uh, Pacific Cup final that we had like last month. So yeah. you know he's a, he's a good player. If him and Moses are fit and they've got Paulo and Campbell Gillard fit. Para will cause some damage. Absolutely. Um, the the other positive, um, not only Moses playing well, but getting Moses to stay. We see today that yeah. uh, Luai has been signed by uh, West Tigers on a long-term deal. I've got no doubt that the Tigers were interested in Moses at the time as well. Um, so to get him to stay long-term, that, that can only be a positive. Definitely. I mean, he, he's, a, he's a state of origin player now. He's an elite player. Um, blokes play better with him as well, which I think is also a sign of um, a great half and an elite player, is if you make others better as well. Um, he's con- continually improving. And for me, the the most um, enjoyable part of Mitchell Moses' career so far has been the improvement that he's shown in his defence. So when he first came to para from the Tigers, he was a defensive liability and he was almost uh, you know, an afterthought or people would even laugh at the thought of Mitchell Moses defending um, and you know, not only just making his tackles, but causing some difficulty for, for ball runners as well. Now he's a very good defender. Not only that, but uh, one positive to take out for Parramatta this year, and I'm not saying he's as good a player as Sean Lane or Papali'i in 2022, but God, I thought... For a guy that had to step in and fill a role there, um, I thought he did a tremendous job, and particularly where he's come from, that's Bryce Cartwright. Oh, yeah, Bryce Cartwright. He's he's very good. Um, so guys like Bryce Cartwright, Papali'i, Sean Lane, they're the examples for me that prove that Brad Arthur is a good coach because there's been so many guys that have been on the scrap heap, careers nearly done, or moved on from their club that have turned up at Para and they've become better players. So I think Brad Arthur is a good coach. I hope they persist with him and you know don't get too frustrated at the fact that we can't win a comp um, because he, he certainly does does go well. The other one was Hopgood also. I mean, yep. you know, Hopgood was stuck behind Isaiah Yo, who's probably the best lock in the game. So he wasn't getting an opportunity at Penrith. I don't think anyone thought he was this good. No, and he's put himself right into calculations for state of origin selection and yeah. um, one of the one of the premium middle forwards of the game, Jermaine Hopgood. He, he is. And again, I can't sit here and make this a para love fest, which I want to do. I, I've <laughs> got to be real because in every other review I've, I've been real and I've, I've spoken about where I think there's deficiencies. So para's biggest problem is they need to find a, a hooker. So whether or not Brandon Hands can do the job, Lussick's back there now. You know, they go okay. You know, they're not they're not bad footballers. They're not elite footballers, though. I do think that there's a, a deficiency at left centre for Para. So Bailey Simonson goes pretty good, but you know, an, an upgrade there would certainly benefit uh, Para and their um, their goals moving forward. And defensively on our right, so. You know, they've got uh, Will Panasini, who I think is an excellent young footballer and it wouldn't surprise me if he plays Origin one day. Um, in attack, he's great. Defensively, I worry about his reads. So he, he seems to shoot in when he doesn't need to and sometimes he doesn't go all in. So when you're playing out on those edges, it's either all in or, or nothing. You can't go halfway and he goes halfway a lot. And what I mean by that is he goes to shoot out of the line, then he plants his feet 
and it's like he's on an island and all of a sudden players can either play through him or the winger outside him needs to, to jam in to try and make up for that and that Harbour Bridge pass over the top. And you'll see Parra get done by um, a lot of teams with, with that play. Just a simple bit of shape out to their left, Parra's right. However, when he plays with Sean Russell, that seems to fix itself up a little bit. So whether or not they communicate well together, they may have played a fair bit of juniors together, I'm not too sure. So if Sean Russell can stay fit and he plays on that right, Panasini hopefully will improve. You mentioned deficiencies on the left-hand side at centre. There was a bit of rumour during the year that they might be looking for a fullback at Parramatta, and which would put Glenn Gutherson potentially to left centre. Uh, do you think that that's worth pursuing? No. Biggest no possible. Um, Clint Gutherson is an excellent fullback. He's not in the same class as Luttrell, Tom Trevojevic, Kalen Ponga. He's nowhere near that skill set. But the effort and energy he shows puts him up there in that bracket with those players. A little bit like Dylan Edwards. Dylan Edwards is nowhere near the the ball player as, as those other guys. But the effort and energy that they show and they never give up on a play puts them up in that bracket of, of top fullbacks in the game. Gutho is not even 30 yet. So I think, you know, he, he needs to stay as Paris fullback. He's the captain. Um, every time he plays, he's in their top three best players. Now, I'm not saying in 18 months, two years, that the move into the centres um, is out of, out of play. Because, again... As you see with guys like um, Tedesco this year, who, who did fall away from his lofty standards, but it's purely an, an age thing. So maybe, you know, Parra could look at moving Gutho into the centres over the next couple of seasons, but they need to have someone that's better than him to replace him at fullback. And particularly when you've got two dominant halves, like Gutho isn't really required to do a lot of ball play. No, and it, it suits perfectly exactly like the Dylan Edwards model of you just need to, to get us out of trouble, be safe, and get the defensive line set. You know that Gutho is going to bring the 20 hit-ups a game. You know he's going to make sure that he's supporting everyone who makes a half break. With Parra, with um, Dylan Brown and, and Moses, he, he doesn't need to create too much. In saying all that, they have to make the eight next year. Oh, for sure. I mean, even with the players that they've lost, they're a top six side. Again, they went on that run. They had all that adversity during the year, and I think they finished one win out of the eight. Um, so Parra make the eight for sure. They're, they're a big improver for me next year. Um, I would be shocked if they're not around that 4-5 um, spot. I can see them a little bit lower than that. I, I think they'll be between 7 and 9. Yep. Um, I think they're very on par with the Cowboys for me. So I think the Cowboys and them, like it yep. might be a case one of them misses the eight yep. and one of them doesn't. But I certainly think they have to make the eight next year and that's, that's a non-negotiable. Uh, this has been the 6 Go Podcast and that is full time. <laughs>